Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you have set aside for us now to allow the Spirit to speak. Not my words, but your words, Lord. And that the Spirit will indeed teach and engage every person listening. Everyone within the sound of my voice. We thank you for your loving kindness and your presence. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for your correction. We don't always like correction, but we, Lord, we need it. And sometimes we need it more often than we care to acknowledge. But yet, Lord, you do so in such a loving manner that we can only just say thank you, Lord, and praise you. Bless us, O oh Lord. Keep us. Keep us focused on you. And we give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, during the month of August, for those of us that are in the know when it comes to football, there is a competition in the air. The high schoolers just had their first games. It's already there. Now, horse racing may be referred to as the sport of kings, but for me and many others, football is the king of all sports. Amen? Not a lot of amens for that. (laughs) Well, if you don't like football, that's fine. And for baseball fans, I apologize already. So that's just the way it goes. I'm a football guy. Okay? The competition's already started for high school, college, and professional football teams all over the country. It's training camp time for college and for the pros as well, too. And before an official game is played at any of these levels... There are players who are competing for roster spots. You can't get on the field to play games unless you show up for practice and get into playing shape. Training camp and how well you compete means everything for the upcoming season. A lot of moving around, a lot of hitting, a lot of sweating, working out with weights, and everything that goes into preparation, including study time of the playbook the terminology and the different plays, that is going to determine whether or not you will succeed. Study time is especially necessary within this competition. The better you are in your study time and preparation is where you can gain a competitive advantage on the field. What you put into it is what you will get out of it. Amen? Does that sound familiar? What you put into it is what you will get out of it. A few weeks back, I had mentioned that there is a competition taking place for each of us during every waking moment. The competition that we are in is a lot more serious than that of football training camp or even during the course of a game or the entire football season. What's at stake for you and me is the battle for our hearts and minds. And our children are fully involved in this competition as well. It's a very serious matter. This competition is better described as an ongoing series of battles. We're in battles. We may be in a battle right now. And there's a series of battles that we can take place that take place in our lives. 
These battles are the throes of spiritual warfare. Amen? The throes of spiritual warfare. Our only objective here is to win. Our only objective is to win. In sports, you're often going to hear the saying that winning isn't everything. Well, this is not about sports. This is nothing to play around with. In our battle, when it comes to the final result, winning is everything. Winning is everything. We are not to consider the alternative when it comes to what? The disposition of our souls. We must win. Or else. In order to win these battles, we must prepare. We must prepare. We must put in our study time. We must equip ourselves with the necessary tools to be ready to execute at a moment's notice. And that's whether we're ready to or not. Because there are times we're going to be called upon to speak about Jesus. We may not be ready to. But you better be able to. Amen? Amen. Teachers have a big time responsibility to get the people ready to go. The constant struggle that comes with spiritual warfare requires a mindset to keep this effort moving and pay it forward. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's take a look at a series of passages today that are being taken in context. Not just one or two verses, not so much this week. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 11 through 15. And keep in mind, too, that there was a reason why Jesus called disciples and went through a period of training for a period of two, two and a half years in his ministry. They were being trained. They were being taught. They were being given instruction. And they needed that instruction to do what? When it was time for the Spirit to come to be able to speak to them and they could relate to what was being taught to them. But guess what? They had to be taught first. First. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 15. Starting at verse 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church and the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, that we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, 
growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Do you see why it's important for you to learn? Because in spiritual warfare, Satan will try to trick you. Satan will lie. Amen. He's the father of all lies. And because we are in the flesh, guess what? We're in a battle. The more you know, it will help you. As we learn the truth through teaching and instruction, it is only natural now for you to share this truth with others. Share the truth with others. Those who know and understand the character of Jesus Christ will indeed pay this wisdom forward to others. Now, I don't know how you feel about this right now. Maybe you think that this is just another message that's just kind of going off and saying this and that and whatever it is. And it's just like any other message. But you know what? It is just like any other message when it comes to God's word. God wants you in his word. And God wants you in his word every day. Because you need it every day. We all need it every day. We have to take it seriously. And even for the person who professes a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus, you are to have a heart for Jesus as you move about. Now that's something God has to deal with you with. You read and study his word, but now you should be convicted through the spirit to speak to others about God's truth too. You have to ask yourself the question, is this happening? More on that later. How are others to know the truth if everyone around them is quiet about it? Turn to Romans chapter 10. Let's look at verses 12 through 15. Romans 10, verses 12 through 15. If we're not speaking about Jesus as a church, who's going to hear about it? I have a hard time understanding how a person can sit in a congregation, present company excluded, but in general, for 30 years and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How can that happen? Something's not happening. Now granted, it's up to the individual to make a choice. But if it comes right down to it, we can't make any assumptions. Amen? Romans 10, verses 12 through 15. Verse 12. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? That's part of it. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? That's an issue. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Messengers. We know who messengers are. We're not just sharing the gospel here within the church walls. Wherever you go when you leave here, 
That's where you share the gospel. Amen? At work, if you're called upon. By the way, if people come up to you and ask you questions about Jesus at work, answer the questions. It's perfectly legal to do that. Not that we're talking about illegality and stuff like that, but if people ask you about how good you, how good God is, or if you have they have questions about Jesus, you've got free reign. The Holy Spirit is telling you, speak up. Don't hold back. I made it a point in my previous message that our time in church and in our personal Bible study must be time well spent. Please don't read the Bible because I tell you to. Read the Bible because you want to. It must be time well spent. Now, you're going to get into a routine. Amen? It's a routine. But what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. We have everything to gain if we stay rooted in God's word. And when we challenge each other as we seek God's wisdom together as we go. Why we need to be in the word is quite simple. Just look out your window. Paul, in his dialogue with Timothy, was all about making him aware of the world he was in. And we're in the same place. Please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's look at verses 1 through 5. It is a very telling Passage, And I believe that Paul was speaking prophecy at the same time as he was giving this warning to Timothy. I believe that he is giving a prophetic message relevant to every one of us in this room. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now look at this, everybody. If you read this, it may trigger you a little bit to think of some things that have happened in your own life. And your own family members or friends or whatever it is. But look at this. Verse 1, 2 Timothy 3. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Amen? For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. That's a scary one. But look what it says at the end. Stay away from people like that. Stay away from people like that. We're in the last days. And we must use discernment as we go through the battle. Discernment. Drop down to verse 12. Same chapter. 2 Timothy 
Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. Flourish. They will deceive others and will be them, themselves be deceived. Verse 14, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Now, at the end of the day, we have to believe and trust in the teaching that we receive. Amen? The teaching, first and foremost, comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And pastors and elders, we're all just vessels. Amen? We're just teaching the truth. But you have to believe that it's true. Otherwise, why listen? You have to remain faithful. You have to stand firm in the word of God. You remain faithful because he is faithful. Amen? He's faithful. He will help you in the throes of this battle. His word is everything and that is why we must rely upon it. Go to verse 15, 2 Timothy 3. Just keep going. Verse 15. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Many of us have been taught from childhood. Amen? You've heard the word. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The word is not to be shunned. It's not to be put aside. It's not to be ignored. We don't need more pretenders of the faith. We don't need more pretenders of the faith. We need contenders of the faith. As a competition, even in football, we understand what a contender is. You're going after it. You're working to get better. You're trying to win a championship. You're trying to be the best you can be. And even if you're a, a not-so-good football team, your expectation is to get better and better every week. We need more contenders of the faith. People who are ready to speak and share God's truth, whether it's convenient to do so or not. That's what we need. You will win the battle and overcome spiritual warfare with the help of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And the power of the Holy Spirit. But you must prepare. You don't sit in a chair somewhere and have the Bible next to you and then by osmosis, something's going to flow from that closed Bible into your brain. You've got to prepare. You've got to open that Bible. Amen? There's an image that comes to my brain as I say that. My parents would have a Bible sitting on a table. It was one of those old Bibles. Maybe they were given a Bible as a gift by somebody. 
I never saw him open that Bible one time. There was like dust that would form on the glass table around the Bible where it was sitting. Amen? Now that's not meant to be a condemnation of my parents. Please don't take it that way. But I have a feeling that that's a true statement for a lot of people. Amen? And praise the Lord, my dad knows the Lord. And that's because he started doing what? Opening the Bible and started reading it. Amen? But you've got to put in the time for study. You have to learn the terminology with Scripture in order to execute it properly. You have to trust the teacher, Jesus, and have confidence in his word. Those are all prerequisites. Here is a tough part of this message for everyone to know and understand. I can't make you do any of these things. I can't make you do a daggone thing when it comes to this. I can tell you about it, but I can't make you do it. I'm not coming over to your house and asking you, did you read your Bible today? Did you do your study time? I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. You have to want to do these things on your own. A football player has to put in the work ahead of time, even before he smells the grass on the football field. He has to work out. He may not like working out, but he has to do it in order to give himself the best chance to win. I can't think of a whole lot of people who just love going to the gym to work out. There are some that do, but there aren't that many. Amen? I don't care what it says on TV. I don't care what those you know, Planet Fitness commercials say. There are a lot of people who don't like going to work out. But guess what? They have to work out. There was a woman that we used to work out with when we were over at uh, Dreher. She had the throes of, what was it? She, she, she basically had, she had constant pain. And she had to keep moving and using the, the Stairmaster, whatever the machines were, to help alleviate that pain. I know she didn't like doing it and she was in pain doing it but she knew she had to do it. A football player will not remain a football player if he slacks off in any way. He'll be a former football player. Do not allow yourself to be counted among those who slacks off and fails to put in the time to study God's word. Don't allow yourself to be in that group. If you find yourself always calling on the Lord to perform miracle after miracle in your life to fix your issues, then you've missed the point. God is not a genie. He doesn't come out of a magic lamp. And sometimes we act that way because we're either poorly taught or we're not discipled properly. 
If you have to do all that, you're not winning anything. You're losing. If you're losing, it's not over. You're still in the battle, but you know what? Time is short. You've got to get it together. How are you to handle the attacks from Satan and spiritual warfare? Let's use this time to provide some clarity as to what spiritual warfare is and how each one of us is to respond to it. Now, we've got to take a look at ourselves as we do this. Amen? Amen? Let's take a look at ourselves and see where we stand in this. First, we need to identify spiritual warfare for what it really is. And for those of you who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's going to keep giving you wisdom and insight to learn more about this spiritual warfare. Now, if you're not careful, you may inaccurately see what spiritual warfare is if we merely look at appearances. We can look outside, we know what's going on, we get all that, right? But we can go overboard, too, in the other direction. Every time we sin, and every time there's a conflict in our life, it doesn't mean that it's demonic in nature. Be careful if you do this, because you need to understand that in your flesh, in your flesh, you can sin on your own accord. Amen? You don't need any help. In your flesh, you'll do it all by yourself. You can stir up quarrels with others. Are you the type of person that likes conflict? Why do you like conflict like that? You can create problems without any help from anyone else. You can be bad all by yourself. And other people will learn about your badness. You should also heed the warnings in scripture about the spiritual realm. We know what this is, but let's take a look at it. Turn to Ephesians 6, verse 12. Now, I know we don't have anybody in our church like that that can be bad all by themselves. Amen? Amen? Wait a minute. One person said amen? Now, wait a minute. Amen. Amen. But this is maybe maybe there's more self-reflection here going on than I realize. <laughs> Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. <clears throat> this is why we take this very seriously, everybody. We probably couldn't, can't read this passage enough. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Spiritual warfare involves attacks from Satan, but it also can reside within our own hearts because we remain spiritually blind to the reality that we need Jesus in every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives. It's one thing to do the study every day, but now you've got to take that study and transform your life where everything is about Jesus Christ. And I mean everything. Turn to 1 John chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 5 through 8. And I love how John, John is a very unique writer. We're doing a study in Sunday school now in the book of John. And we're going to keep moving with John and then go from there to Acts probably later on. But John is a very unique writer. He tells it like it is. He has a great writing style. 
There's a distinct writing style between the four Gospels. How Matthew writes, Mark, Luke, and now John. But look at what John says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-8. through 8. And this is about understanding what you've been taught. Amen? John is relating something that he was taught. This is a message we heard from Jesus and now declare it to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Verse 6. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. I pray you're not fooling yourself. Because the heart is exceedingly wicked. We think we're doing what's right. We're only doing what is, pleases us. As I stated earlier, you were to contend for the faith and not be a pretender. we got a lot of pretenders out there who are in positions in churches trying to teach people. Talking all kinds of nonsense. Talking about anointing this, anointing that. And if you pay some money or send somebody some money in the church, you'll get your own anointing through the mail. I mean, come on now. We're smarter than that. Amen? Everything that you watch on TCT is not worth the time to watch it. That's a great channel. No question about it. But just like everything else, you need discernment. Some clown getting up there talking about buying something or paying for something. It's utter nonsense. Here I go again, preaching. Staying off the message here. We need to understand that we have to have discernment. Just because it's packaged a certain way doesn't mean that you need to consume it. Amen? Pretenders are going to lose in battle, but contenders will endure in the battle. Stand firm and faithfully serve Jesus at every opportunity. Oh, and it's not about impressing your family and friends. It's not about appearances, everybody. Not about how you look, how pretty you look trying to follow Jesus. You need to work this out. Work it out in fervent prayer. Get before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Here's a brief pause to those listening who do not know Jesus. Because I don't like making assumptions. It is my pleasure and responsibility to let you know that you do not need to continue to live outside of God's will for you. He wants you to seek Him and give you His wisdom his knowledge to be able to get on the winning side of the spiritual warfare that we all have to deal with. Spiritual warfare involves everybody, whether you know Jesus or not. Amen? 
He welcomes your questions. He welcomes your comments. He wants to speak to you right now about your life and where you are. Take the time to listen to him. Let him speak to you. When we do self-reflection, in comparison to the person of Christ Jesus, it should be quite humbling for all of us. Take a look at Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 5. Why do you think Paul wrote this? The answer is know your audience. Know your audience. He's talking to folks just like us. Verse 3. Don't be selfish. Amen? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You know what stops the gospel in many places? Selfishness. A lack of humility. Selfishness. I ain't got time to talk to so-and-so. I'm too busy doing something else. Really? Is that spirit speaking to you? You've got to see how important it is for us to know who we are as a person. Know how we are so we can prepare for battle. Not every football player is cut out to play quarterback. Amen? Everybody can't be the quarterback. A good football team needs excellent linemen. Otherwise, the quarterback's going to get clobbered. Amen? You got to block. Receivers aren't going to catch many passes at all. Running backs are going to struggle if the blocking in front of them is poor. The entire team, the coaches and the players, regardless of size or strength, need to put in the appropriate preparation time. All of them do. All of us, within the sound of my voice, need to prepare for spiritual warfare. You're preparing your mind with the proper focus. Doesn't matter how big you are, doesn't matter how smart you are, it doesn't matter. Jesus will meet you where you are if you make the commitment to do it. But you have to decide that's what you want to do. You must practice a daily reading and in depth study of Scripture. What you put into it is what you will get out of it. So do the two-year Bible plan. Do a Bible plan. Get into it. Put something into it. You're going to get something out of it. Amen? Now some of you have heard me say this before. 
You know why I keep saying it? Because everybody ain't doing it. And the Lord is convicting me to say it again and again and again. And I'm not mentioning any names because I don't need to. You know who you are. Amen? I'm saying that in a very loving way. You've got to do it. You've got to want to do it. Go to Colossians 3, verse 16, please. Colossians 3, 16. When we see verses like this, it's a reminder of how we should approach the Word of God. And this is for everybody. This is, this is even for people who are Bible scholars. Amen? They have to have the same approach. There's no exceptions here. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. There should come a place as you grow and the Lord sanctifies you through the power of the Spirit where you can get up and sing praises to God and not hold back. And hear, when you hear about songs of praise to God, that affects you very deeply and personally. I had to learn that over time myself. It has to affect you very deeply. The more you expose to what Jesus has done for you, now he shows you over time what he's done for you, you will readily give him praise. Readily. And as far as learning, go to Hebrews 4.12 and what the word is supposed to do to us as we go through it. Hebrews 4.12. Again, another passage you've seen before. Not a strange passage or anything that is obscure by any stretch. But as you're in the Word every day, God is going to speak to you in ways that are so personal, you can't help but be in awe of what He does. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active. You know why the Word of God is living and active? We have a living and active Jesus. Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. The Word is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Remember that two-edged sword. Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I don't care what's keeping you away from the word. Fight it. Get in the word. Get in the word and stay in the word and let the Lord speak to you personally. God will tell you exactly 
where you are so that you'll be able to ready and ready to move in his power, his strength, and ability. You've got to remain prayerful all day long. All day long. All day long. Not just during your reading and study time. Pray all day to stay in fellowship with the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit all day in order to live and move in His strength. All day. All of your waking hours. Colossians 4.2 says to continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as our comforter in the King James Bible and our helper and advocate in modern translations. All of these refer back to the original Greek word parakletos. Parakletos. Which is someone who is called to one side for help. Called to one side for help. The Spirit is always there for us when we use Him as a resource. Now, notice what I just said. The Spirit is always there to help us when we use Him as a resource. We have to use Him as a resource. We have to call on Him for help. He's always there. But we need to call on Him for help. I'm going to summarize the message in a similar manner that Paul shared in his letter to the church at Ephesus. Our victory over spiritual warfare is assured when we know who we are in Christ. Know that we need Christ and have the sense to rely upon Christ during our battle. Please turn to Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18. We'll summarize here. And this is a very apt summary because when we're in spiritual warfare or a spiritual battle, this is what we need to do. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18. It's a, it's a, Long passage, just follow along with me, please, as we get through that. And I love how he says it here. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against the strategy of all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared. Fully Prepared. Fully prepared. Verse 16, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How close is the Word of God supposed to be to you? On your right hip. All the time. Pray in the Spirit at all times. What does it say? Pray in the Spirit at all times. And on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's how we have to live. As believers in Jesus Christ. All day long.
please remember that your personal preparation and study time will give you the foundational support necessary to live, grow, and endure in Jesus Christ. Paul says it correctly here. You will be fully prepared. And you will win. You will win. You will win. Call on Jesus right now. He will show you what you need to do. He already has the victory over Satan and death. Join Him. Join Him. Father, we just thank You for Your teaching. We thank You for the ever-present Holy Spirit, our Advocate, our Helper. Lord, we thank You for Him coming into our hearts because we acknowledge You as Savior. We thank You for how the Spirit leads and guides, how the Spirit helps us. We thank You for Your loving kindness and presence. We thank you for your ongoing instruction. And we thank you again, as I've mentioned before, for leaving the correction. You love us and want to see us succeed in you. May we remember the importance of the regular study time, the daily study time, the daily prayer time. Thank you for helping us to deal with spiritual warfare. We have the weapons necessary. And those weapons all come from you. We couldn't do it on our own. Thank you for all that you have done and all that you continue to do for us. Thank you for giving us the mindset to move forward. Even if we are fearful, we know that fear does not come from you. That fear comes from Satan. Thank you for giving us what we need to overcome. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for convicting us to do what is necessary to be in the faith with you. We give you praise and thanks. We ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.